You are listening to the Forfeit Fatherhood Podcast. And we're having conversations with dope dads covering the four pillars of fatherhood. We call it the Fit Fatherhood Formula. Faith, family, finance, and fitness. That's right. These dads are setting the pace in business and fatherhood. This show isn't only about the outside success. We're getting down to who you are. Gentlemen, it's time to get fit. And and, 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 and now, let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to the Forfeit Fatherhood, a podcast for fathers by fathers, where we talk about the four pillars of fatherhood, which are faith, family, finance, and fitness. Uh, and today I got another guest with me, man. I'm really excited to, to talk to this brother because uh, he's going to help us a little bit with the finance part, but then also this is a little different. I haven't had a guest yet that is not yet a father. Um, and so I, I, it's really interesting to kind of hear his perspective on it, you know, pre-fatherhood, because I know all of us have been there. Uh, all of us were there at one point, and, and it's sometimes hard to remember where we were uh, before kids, right? Because they come in there like a whirlwind, right? It changed our whole lives. Um, and as somebody who's looking forward to that, uh, it's good to kind of get his mindset on it. So I'm excited to have Mike Cooper here with us today. Mike, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Man, peace and prosperity to everybody listening. My name is Mike Cooper. I am uh, located in here in the greater Los Angeles area. 33 years old and uh, have been a product of a single mother for 33 years of life. Uh, I do know my father. Um, uh, just just actually just recently this year, we I, I reconnected with him after not you know talking to him for six, seven plus years due to uh, personal choices. Um you know, he's, he's not a horrible person. Um, just, we never, I never meshed well with him, but a little bit about myself. I am, uh, like I said, in Los Angeles, I am a becoming a financial advisor here. I am in the life insurance and health insurance industry, which also does um, insurance on retirement, um, retirement, retirement planning, um, setting up the estates, the trusts, you know, the whole, anything that's based on finances, I know um i have experience in and if i'm not the most experienced i will definitely connect you with the person that knows exactly what they're doing to the t um i'm a fun guy you know not like Kawhi leonard but i'm a fun guy and uh um man just just i love life i love to laugh i love to make sure that other people are having a good time and if you're not i'm gonna make sure you're gonna have a good time like I was that one in high school that like, yo, if you're the quiet kid not talking, like, I'm going to sit next to you and you're going to talk to me. Like, I'm going to make sure if, if anything goes down, you know, God forbid, no more Columbines. But if it did, you know, you're going to be like, hey, Coop, get down. I'm like, yep, thank you. <laughs> so, so, yeah, man, uh, excited to be here, my man. Thank you for, uh, thank you for this opportunity because, yeah, I mean, you know, fatherhood is, we're we going to get into depth to that, man. So, yeah, take over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you 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 mentioned it, right? Product of a, a single single parent household. Um, was that is that your mother? Your mother was was there for you. Yep. Okay. Um, is there a reason? Do you know why your dad wasn't there? Was there was there something that's going on there? Or you want <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, put this in perspective. I have never, I've never lived in a. Uh, uh, what's that? What I've never lived in a mother and father, whatever they call that. The, 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 the anyway, I've never seen my mother and father in the same house besides 
twice in my life. Oh, wow. So my parents got divorced when I was six months old. I have no idea what a mother and father, father unit looks like. So, um, yeah, my father was, uh, he couldn't keep his hands to himself, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, that, that, yeah, mom was like, all right, cool. Yep. Nope. We, we, we not going that route. So mom took me, um, she got custody of me. She's had it my whole life. Uh, visitation was a little bit here and there. He, uh, I, I couldn't, I didn't mesh well with him. Like, you know, I, and, and, and this was pre this, I'm talking about like my younger years. Like I didn't really know to the T why my mom and dad weren't together. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew, you know, pops wasn't there. And of course, every son wants to be, you know, around their pops, play basketball, throw the baseball, you know, catch the football, do, you know, man stuff. Um, I mean, the young, young man stuff growing into your teenage years and, that was always a uh, huge, huge um, pain of mine because you know I'm raised by my mom. She did, she did, she did a very great job. I will say that. Did a very great job, the best she could. Obviously, she can't teach me everything about manhood, but you know she's. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's like you know that movie Freaky Friday where they like switch the souls. Like I think my mom has like two souls in her, like the man and the woman somehow because she was she was tough. She still is tough to this day just yeah it's crazy so yeah my parents just didn't get along they didn't work out um I'm, I'm 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 happy about it i'm not happy about it but they from day one well day two probably i guess they just didn't really work out okay did did your dad uh you know after he and your mom split up did, was he trying to be active in in your life or was he like yo this i'm out like this is it? Yes, he was. He was definitely fighting. There was definitely a, 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 a disgusting custody battle. Like one of my this is crazy. One of my first actual like memories from like being young. Unfortunately, it's a traumatic event, but it is what it is. I remember being at the first house that I remember living at with my mom, <clears throat> and I just remember my parents literally pulling me by one 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 had me in one arm one had me in the other arm they were like literally fighting over who's about to take me because like my mom was like i don't care if you have custody right now like he's not leaving i don't you, you you're not taking him over here i think it was because i don't know if there was issue with my stepmom like there isn't now like i love her more than my dad which is hilarious but <laughs> i don't know if my mom was like nah you know she was you know of course very protective mama bears not gonna play there's something about my dad taking me around my stepmom, and I don't know if my mom was not fully comfortable yet. And that's literally the first memory I know was like them pulling me by by each arm. So I know he was trying to be in my life, which is cool, which is a great thing. Not many, uh, you know, not many of my, not many men around the world have that. So I will be grateful that he was at least trying to be there. Um, he just, yeah, just didn't work out. Didn't work out in my mind either. I don't know if I was biased, of course, cause you know, my mom, like, you know, I'm seeing my mom not liking it. So I don't know if I had a subconscious bias against it, but mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was, I can say he did try to fight for me. There was a, like I said, disgusting custody battle. And then, and also let me back up. This was in Toledo, Ohio. So this was from from 89 to 2000 like there was nothing but just drama oh wow so 
Yeah. That's a long time, man. Dude, they, they was they was fighting for custody for that long? Literally for that long. Jesus. And the way, you know, my my mom, my mom wanted out of Toledo. <clears throat> so she started looking. I've been to Toledo. I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> Good, bro. <laughs> so small-minded. I love my people, but it's like... You've been in the same city for 30 years. What is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she went out of Toledo. She started looking for, um, she started looking for, because she, she was teaching, she got her teaching credentials. So she started teaching and, you know, around in there. And then she was like, I just, I just went out of here. I, I want, I want more. So then she landed this job here in California where I'm at. So I've been here ever since 2000. But she got smart. So Toledo wasn't like really, you know, they they were they they were they were kind of stuck in the middle, but you know, it it was all based on like what I wanted to do, but I was still a child, so they really weren't like respecting my decision. Not respecting, mm-hmm. but like it wasn't uh, a, a determining factor of why. The, how do I say? They just I'm a kid, so they're like, ah, yep, we're gonna go with what the parents do. So let me get right, both right, right, custody. Right. My mom figured out and this is from my dad's side so i know this is true because i heard the pain in the story and i just heard this a couple weeks ago too because i just went to visit him so he's like your mom you know i I didn't have any say and then all of a sudden you know she 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 got a residency in california and then all of a sudden i get court papers from court of california and i'll just like he threw in the towel so that's how that like that's how it ended now I mean, I haven't talked to my mom about it because I'm just like, some there's a piece not there's something missing in that story. Just right, right. My mom can be evil, but she's not that evil. Like she's not gonna do that to to the extent he said it. So, but of course, you know that's what he remembers, and that's you know his heartache. That's what his pain is. So you know, I mean, I'll give it to him, but I I need I need to hear both sides of the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting as the child, right? When you're the kid in the situation and even as an adult talking to your parents about those times, right? Cause I talked to my dad about him and my mom's divorce and struggle and like the custody. Stuff. Cause I remember it as a kid, but as a kid, you just like, okay, I'm going to dad's house this weekend. Or, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm not going to dad. Oh, 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 they arguing. Like I'm not going nowhere this weekend, you know? <laughs> yep. Um, but then like to hear him tell me like, I, cause I had him on the, on the podcast, uh, couple of months ago and we we got to really like talk about it and um he was like yeah man she was super cruel and i was like really because she never like she, to me she never painted him in a bad light right she did a really good job it, it was a few times where she was like you know just she was probably mad at him in the moment and she said some stuff but it wasn't like an overarching theme it was always like your dad's good man you know, he, you know, he's got his struggles because that, that's why they got divorced. He had some, some things going on in his life at that time. And it just wasn't jiving with what she wanted to do. Um, but she was always like, when he's good, he's good. And he's, you know, he's going to be there for you. But now I'm, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, why ain't we there with him? Like, <laughs> uh, But, but to hear him, he was like, man, she was ruthless. Like she, and he, he even, even now he's protecting her. Cause he was like, she was ruthless, but she did it cause she loved you. <laughs> she just loved you so much. And I'm like, dog, like you just, well, just give it to me straight. You don't have to, like, I'm not going to have no type of feeling about it. Just say what you got to say. But he's like, yeah, she, he's like, I think about it now. And she fought for you because she loved you and she cared. She didn't care about me no more. 
And so it didn't matter how I felt in the custody battle. It was all about making sure that you got what you needed. And I respect that, but I want him to give me the full, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just want to know, you know, because it's speculation, right? Like you hear stuff from family members, you talk too much and like your dad, this and your dad, that and your mom, this, your mom, that. But neither one of them will ever be like, just blunt. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is this is how it split up. And, you know, and I think that's I think that's. I don't know if that's protecting me, you know what I mean? Or if that's just like, they ain't going to never, they're going to their grave with it. (laughs) (laughs) Like whatever happened, look, we, it happened in, in 87, we leaving in 87, like it's over, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really interesting though, because like I said, he's still, they have been divorced for, what am I, 39? They've been divorced since I was four or five, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have, they don't love each other. They're not in a relationship, haven't been in a relationship other than being my parents, but he's still, like I said, in the conference is still protecting her because she's my mother. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was like, then that's kind of dope. Uh, just because that parenting thing could kind of, it, it, you sacrifice yourself for another person. Right. Cause he could definitely 35 years later be like, yeah, man, that mother. And, like, yeah. you know what I mean? yeah. and just really go in but he's still like very guarded uh, about how he talks about it. And it's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so, uh, so you guys moved to, how old were you when you guys moved to California? 11. 11. Okay. And then are you, are you making trips back or is it like we moved to California and then I don't get to see that until. <clears throat> so we moved. When I was 11. I used to go back every summer. I used to go back summer and Christmas. Okay. All the way up to okay. high school. <clears throat> Summer and Christmas go back. Oh, actually, no. One side. <clears throat> so I went to a high school. We won we won three straight championships in a row. And you know, if you I mean anybody that's on a championship level team, like you can't miss spring ball, you can't miss summer, you can't even go home after uh uh, uh well, you could go home for Christmas, but as soon as you got back in January, right back to it, workouts. All that. So once I got to high school, like I was, I was, I was destined to go to the league. Of course, everybody say, oh, I was, I was all this. Like, no, like I was, I was nice. So I was super nice. Play football. I didn't really play much in high school because my coach was a little bit biased. And let me just say it bluntly, he was a little bit racist is what it is. I'm out here in a prominently white city now in the suburbs. I'm half white and half black also, so I can I can speak for both sides of the spectrum. So I didn't play too much in high school. So I went to junior college real quick, and then I actually got a scholarship to uh, go play in a school in Arkansas. So and and I was just like off of one semester, boom, I was out. So like I yeah, I was I was nice. And then unfortunately things happened when I was there, scholarship was taken away, had to come back. So we'll get back to that here in a minute. Yeah. <clears throat> once Summer came, I had like, it was either mom was like, do you want to go back? Do you want to stay and play football? And I wanted to go play. I wanted a scholarship. Like I wanted to get out. I wanted to go to college. I wanted, I wanted to, I literally wanted to go to the league. You know, foreshadowing on that. God said, uh, no, because I would have been like Des (laughs) Bryant spoiled and just not, not sticking to the plan with discipline because I got daddy issues. I understand now looking back. So I always stayed home for summer. I'm like, you know, pops, bro, like I'll see you for Christmas, bro. Like 
you, you, first of all, you don't have enough money to send me to school. Mom out here, you know, using her last dime just to make sure I eat. I guess I'm out, and I actually love football. <clears throat> of course, she wasn't happy about that. So I would only go back from high in high school. It was only go back during Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I only saw him once a year for like a couple days, and then even when I did go back, it was just like I'm so annoyed with you. Like you, you just you bother me. You, I tried, I tried to be cool. Like you know, let's go hoop, let's go do this. But um, also now, also looking back, I didn't mention this. My dad's dad wasn't too much in the picture. Also, now mm-hmm. my mom doesn't even know what he used to do for work. Who knows what he did? He would just bring home bags of cash and be like, here you guys go. She never asked questions. Oh, wow. I mean, of course, you know, your brain just starts thinking, you don't have a job, but you're bringing in money. <laughs> we just not even yeah, ask questions. Yeah. He himself has issues. And I, like I said, I just saw him recently again, and it's it's very apparent that he is he has subconscious father issues that need to be addressed that have never been addressed and not just like I completely understand why he is the way he is and it's like man you know it's it's I, I just I learned to accept it it's just I'm mm-hmm. not gonna I'm not gonna stress over it anymore because I used to I, like I said I didn't talk to him for six seven years and that's because it's not what he did to me it's what he did to my family what he did to my stepsister what he did to my not like physical things just like he would just <clears throat> just say things and act out and you know nonsense my my cousin married a half white half mexican woman and has children with him and then he made a comment about his wife being half white i'm like pump your brakes brother um <laughs> you was with a white woman like what is wrong <laughs> and it's like i'm you can you can say what you want about me like yeah whatever like i'm, I'm, I'm solid with my character but once you start messing with my family like i get real i get real angry and real protective but that's yeah yeah. hypnosis helped me out with that thank god because subconsciously i was holding on to so much i was holding on to 33 years of just trauma like yeah yeah if you don't release it subconsciously it just grows and you just not you you don't uh don't reach your full potential yeah, you you had you had mentioned uh, you know that you realize now that you had daddy issues, and then you talked about your father having issues. So I was going to ask you, have you done any of that, you know, more deep work on yourself um, as you prepare, you know, soon, hopefully that to have kids of your own, um, you know, making sure that you don't walk into that that room with with your own luggage. Absolutely, I've been planning for this for the last twenty two years, basically just. Oh, this is what you, this, this is what he is. I'm going to be everything you not. And then of course I'm going to add what I would want as a son. <clears throat> I'm going to, yeah, what I, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely <clears throat> first and foremost, I've been telling myself, I'm going to have, it's going to be one wife for my entire life. You know, God willing, she'll be here for the rest of my life. Well, in long term, but I'm not, he's, he's got, it was, it was, it was, one before my mom, then my mom, and now my stepmom. So that's three. So three different families. And I told myself, like, look, I'm going to find the right one. I'm going to stick with the right one. And that's going to be it for the rest of my life. So that right there was the foundation of where I'm going to start as being a great father is have one, have one woman dedicated <clears throat> to her for, for my entire life so that my children see 
the best man that I can be without even knowing how to do it, honestly. That's the first step, obviously. Second step is to at least be there for them and be <clears throat> not so controlling like <laughs> both my parents are, which is hilarious. But like, I mean, mom, obviously, it's, she, the, 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 she controls the shit. So if it hits, if it hits some turmoil, then, you know, she got to handle that. Mm-hmm. My pops, like, he, well, he don't control shit because he has a wife that helps. But my mom, it's her and it's been her. She's had a couple people, but like those didn't work. My pops is just super, super, super controlling. I'm just like, you gotta let your child fail. You have to let them figure it out themselves. You can't just don't do this, sit down, don't talk back. No, 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 no. Like, like I mean, obviously, don't talk back, but like, he never let me figure things out. It was always just sit down, do what I say. Like. Yeah. No, why? <laughs> like, I, I need to know why. Don't question them. Bro, why? Like, I just just tell me why. Like, don't touch the stove. Why? Oh, it's hot. I won't touch the stove. I get it. Like, like <laughs> you got to let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know what? And not, I'm not in his, not in his defense necessarily, but I think that generation before us, those those parents before us, come from a generation before them that were what we would call no nonsense, right? Yeah. Or we would say old school, right? And it's uh respect was way up here. Right. And then everything else kind of came underneath it. Even love. Like it was respect and then like three or four things and then love. Yeah. Right. Especially yeah. for fa- especially for fathers, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like love your mother but respect me. Yeah. And if you like me, cool. If you don't like me, I ain't your friend anyway. Right. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> yep. it's one of those things where, where they never really, in some cases, not every case, right. And I don't like to generalize, but in, in, in most cases, they didn't have a father that had that kind of leeway with them. They gave them that kind of movement where they could ask questions, mm-hmm. right. Or where they, where they could advocate for themselves or, or speak up when, when something didn't seem right. So it was like, because my dad and I, I mess with him all the time and I tell him he's soft now because of the way he's with my daughters and, and, and my and my my nieces and nephews. Like, I'm like, bro, what is, who are you? You would never, you look, bro, you punched me in the chest so hard one time because I said, why? Like, I don't know how on earth you let these little girls just talk to you and mess with you the way they do. Um, but I think he's aware of it now and he's like, you know, I'm just, I'm older. And when you're older, you're wiser. And so when you know better, you do better. And he's like, I just can't, I can't have them see me like you saw me. Right. And I don't even know what he meant when he said that, but I understand it. You know what I mean? I understand like I was for a long period of time until like, you know, we all kind of get that age where you feel like you can, you know, you, you tall enough and you can stand up in his chest a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I was afraid of him. Like, I loved them and I, I enjoyed the time we got spent. I was afraid of, like, if I did say something, he might. And he did at one point, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, and that, at, at, I think I was right at that age. I was in eighth grade and uh, I don't know. I think I, I typically got good grades, but I had a class where the teacher literally told us he doesn't care if we did work. Like, literally, right? Uh, he would come in, he would drink coffee, he'd be on the phone talking to his girlfriend. Um, he would just come in and hang out. He's like, if you don't do work, it's on you. Right. But I don't care what you do. Just don't, don't bother me. 
right? <clears throat> so I didn't do no assignments the first semester. We literally, it was the first class of the day. We hung out in class. All my homies was in the class. The report card comes and I had an F. This is the by far the lowest grade I've ever, I, I've never had, at that point, I never had anything lower than an A or a B, right? And my mom tells my dad and, and uh, he was like, I don't even know what he said to me, but I know I said why. And then I was getting up. <laughs> and it was like and my ch I couldn't breathe and, and and it wasn't even like I said it he was already mad right and so anything I said probably would have got me caved in mm -hmm. but I said I, I asked him a question about what he, he whatever he said and he just floored me right and and it was like okay maybe I maybe I was scared of you for a reason <laughs> <laughs> chill out on asking these questions i'm going over here and even to this day like I, I i talk to him because we're both you know we're full-grown adults at this point right but i don't talk to him like my sisters do right i definitely don't like my sisters for whatever reason he is he was never like more lenient with them when we were younger but he allows them to talk to him differently right like there's a they can kind of get a little spicy and he'll just kind of like you know roll it off his shoulders if i say something boy who are you talking to like dad i just said i said dad it wasn't like, i didn't even say nothing wrong like yo what you tripping for um and it's kind of always been that way but it, it's interesting that that like i said that generation man they 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 didn't they didn't have time for games you know what i mean they didn't they didn't have to and what we would consider what they would consider games right it's just normal conversation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but respect respect was a premium um and not that it shouldn't be now right there should be a level of respect between parents and children but it was like at an all-time high with them right mm -hmm. so uh I, I all right so you, you i kind of had the same situation too and i wanted to talk about that because around high school i did the same thing i was playing football i was playing football and baseball and so that you know that's year round right mm -hmm. it's springtime summertime then right into fall with football everything was like split up and so when i got to high school uh i remember telling my dad you know hey i, I got practice um and lucky for me we didn't live too far away he's like 45 minutes away from us so like i got practice um we got you know we got passing league on saturday i'm not gonna be able to come this weekend and he kind of took it on the chin for a while. Uh, and then I got a girlfriend who's actually my wife now. Fuck. And it was like, yo, I'm, I'm going, we're going to the movies on Friday, dad. Um, can you come pick me up on Saturday? He's like, well, Saturday, I'll pick you up on Saturday. I got to bring you back Sunday morning. He's like, so you only going to spend a day here? And I'm like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. And so then a few of those times I, I could, I can look back on it and remember how he, you know, how he sounded. And I know he was hurt. Um, but he let me, you know, he let me grow up, but I, I do kind of miss that time, you know, in high school where I had to kind of pull myself away and start finding myself because it would have been really dope to have him in the house. You know what I mean? For all of those conversations that we could have had Monday through Friday, yep. you know what I mean? All of, all of the questions I had that I didn't have anybody to ask because mm -hmm. my stepdad was there, but he wasn't present. So I didn't have, you know, somebody to run to to ask these men questions. And it was, you know, it was the nineties. It wasn't like I had a cell phone where I could, <laughs> you know what I mean? I could just call him up. <laughs> I had to go, I had to go dial numbers and hope he was home when I called. <laughs> yep, uh, yep. Yep. So it was just a different time, man. But it's interesting that, uh, you know, that, that generation of dude is, is just different. It's just different. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, 
learning from them, right? And seeing how they how they parented us or fathered us that that our generation can do different uh, and be different. And that's kind of what the podcast is all about. Yep, absolutely. All right, so playing football. Um, and where did where did what high school did you go to? Canyon High School out here in Santa Clarita, right by Magic Mountain. Yeah, it's brown, right? Brown and white or something like that? Green and gold. Green and gold. Ah, ah, okay, okay. There's another canyon that's in, it must be in Anaheim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. All right, green and gold. Okay, so playing football, you, you go go to, uh, you end up going to college. Um, that didn't work out, right? Some some things happened there, and then you end up, uh, you just come back home after that? Yes, and then this is when my manhood truly started, so... Like, yeah, mom, you know, mom's mom went to college, got her, got her degrees, teacher. So she's in the school system. So it was always going to go to school, get a good job. You know, everybody, what what we're taught now. <clears throat> um, get in trouble three times. First two times was I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Third time I was literally late to a meeting because I couldn't get out of bed with a, a, a lovely, a lovely individual. So. I told him, I was like, coach, man, like, my bad. Like, I didn't get up. She was right there. And it was like, all right, cool. You got to go. And I was just like, Phew. so, well, no, they just, they, they said, we're going to take your scholarship, but you can stay if you want to. And I'm out there in the middle of nowhere with no funds, no, no financials, you know, no uh, <clears throat> help. And I was like, jokes. Came back. Mom was, mom was heartbroken and just angry like hell hath no wrath like a woman was scorned bro that woman was scorned would have been scared of my mother so like she was <laughs> she was not happy <clears throat> came back this was this was so this was uh let me think this was like may 2008 april may 2008 i come back unhappy I'm sitting at home just playing Madden back in the day because, like, I'm I'm still I'm still, you know, I'm still I'm I'm heartbroken myself because I'm like, damn, like I just my whole dreams is gone. And then, of course, with no father figure to be like, get up, on to the next, let's get back to it. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't have any didn't have any guidance besides go to school and you know all that, which was you know thank you mom for that. Sitting at home too much, you know, then, you know, of course she's mad. So she comes home. If there's like one fork in the sink and all the dishes aren't clean, you know, she would just erupt. And one day that's pretty much what happened. She came home. She came, I'm while, while she's at work, I'm playing Madden. There's only one TV back in the day. So there's one TV in the house. It's my only time to play some Madden and she ain't home. So let me wait till you get home and then I'll do anything you want to do. Yeah, no, not that day. She came home. It was it was a uh, it was World War Three, and that's when she was like, "Get out!" So mom kicked me out, and that's when manhood really started, and it was the greatest time of my life because one, I had to figure out how to survive, had to figure out how to get some money, had to figure out how to make sure my phone stayed charged, <laughs> had to make sure I had to. Figure out how to clean up after myself, brush my teeth, the small necessities that we just take for granted every single day. From 08 to 08 to probably like 2013, it was very, very, it was rocky. It was on and off with mom. 
and I was couch surfing for a lot of those years. Um, I'm just going to lay it all on the table. So, yeah, I, I sold everything that I could get my hands on. Thankfully, I, I myself didn't get caught up in those habits that people have. I, I, I needed to survive. Like, I had no idea what to do. I was sleeping on the floor. I met some great homies that allowed me to live with them. You know, a couple families let me sleep on the couch. But, like, just periods of survival and what's next, survival and what's next, survival and what's next. And then that's also when I got my heart broken the first time by my now wife. Thank God she gave me a second chance. Crazy story how we rekindled. We'll get to that. And I also known her since high school too. So, bro, yeah, yeah, you, your, yours is solid. <laughs> you from high school on, like, knew her in high school, left to college, came back, and then she's like, "What are you doing with your life?" Basically, and you know, mm -hmm. I, I needed that because. You know, you, you, you're going to change for two, you, men change for two reasons, you know, their chin or their heart. So, you know, you either get knocked on your chin or you get your heart broken and you, you know, all right, I can't do this. So right. she, she saw my, she saw my potential, but also I was, I, I needed to live in places and certain ladies let me sleep over their houses and, you know, I, you know, provide what they need. They, I got what I needed. I was, I was, I was using people. Let me just call it what it was. But like I said, it was survival. And what's next? Survival. And what's next? Like always survival. And what's next? <clears throat> My wife's name's Vicky. So back then Vicky was like, Nope, you, you, you not, you're not ready yet. And, but I told her, I was like, look, it's, it's, it's been you. It's always been you. Like, I don't care about, I'll give all this up, but how are we, how are we going to, how are you going to, uh, what are you going to provide? Like, how are you going to be a man? You came, mm -hmm. if you, you ain't got finances, what you going to do? And I didn't want to go, well, I was still selling what I could. Didn't want to do that because, like, I knew, like, you can't, you, the, 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 the woman in the movie don't last that long. Mm -hmm. She either don't stay with mm -hmm. you or she don't live. So I'm like, I can't put you in that danger. Like, I'm not going to put you around that. Like, thankfully, I saw some other men in my life that were, affiliated on uh, both sides of the color spectrum. So like I saw a little bit like, you know, they were raising kids, but of course, you know, they came from broken homes, but like I, I was learning like, all right, cool. You got to get up at this time. You got to do this. You got to make sure this, you got to watch your back, watch your six, make sure you take care of them. Piece by piece, put things together. <clears throat> this time Vicky was not in the picture. So then I had two other uh, influential women in my life. One that, pampered me too much and I treated her horribly and I still to this day wish if I ever do run into her again because she lives in the city I will fully apologize because I I <laughs> she knew she knew things were going on but she could never prove it <laughs> <laughs> it's not what you know it's what you can prove Jake exactly so yeah I tell Vicky every day I was like look if I ever run into her again like i just, just know I'm gonna say I'm sorry because that it is, it is, just it's, it's horrible. Um, I've, you know, I'll deal with it. So there was one that would just pamper me like a mother, which is always a problem. You can't have somebody too much like a mother because your mother will accept you for damn near everything you do. Mm -hmm. Your wife cannot be like that, right? <clears throat> so she would, you know, I was living with her. She was paying all the bills. I literally just was there for protection. Like I was, it was literally like a pimping relationship almost, which is horrible to say. 
Like I said, I was here, here, here. I had, I still had other women that I was working with. Like, you know, I, I still need to make sales. I still need to make money coming in. I didn't have a job. Just selling, 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 selling things. You know, not everything, but, you know, hey, people, there's a supply and demand. Oh, for sure. Let me get the supply here. Here you go. Here's your demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one obviously didn't work out. So I was back and forth between, you know, Rachel, who was like my mother, and then another one whose name's Elena. Elena was more, a little bit like my mother, but would still, like, call me out and check me, which is like, dang, like, all right. But I was still back and forth, back and forth. And they both knew about each other. They couldn't prove what I was doing when I was not in their sight. And this was before cell phones and like everything else. And I never had social media. <laughs> I, I didn't get none of that because obviously I didn't want the rest of the world knowing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. 2013 comes. Okay. So now this is the last five years of just running a street business and survival and what's next. Survival and what's next. 2013 comes. I have an iPhone finally. And iPhone, um, for those of you who don't know, they're listening. iPhone, you have to put your email in so that you can use the iMessage. And then just in case your phone's off, it'll send messages from your email. One day, I'm playing Madden at the ex's house. Playing Madden, and I get a text message. And obviously, I don't have the name saved, but I remembered the number because this is back then we had to remember numbers and stuff. Right. Remember yeah. the number. I look at the number and I literally freeze so long that I got delay a game playing Madden. And this is online, so you can't just like pause real quick. So I, I got I, I I had to snap out of it. Put my phone down for a minute, finished the game, picked it back up. I was like, I can't believe this. And it was a text message saying, You got hacked. That's all it said. I had no, I was like, why is this person texting me? Just saying, you got hacked. The number happened to be Vicky's number. So by the fate and the grace of God, my email got hacked, blast, text messaged everybody that it could, some, some spam stuff. Mm -hmm. And out of everybody, she was the only person to respond, you got hacked. I don't remember what I said, but that was 2013. We got back together. I was working now, I wasn't <laughs> doing everything, but so I was I was literally still living at uh, the the one that was taking care of me, literally, literally living out of her house when I got this text message. Went out the back door, of course. You know, I'm hanging out with Vicky now, and she. I told her everything. I was like, "Look, this is what's going on. This is what it was like." But like, I, I, I don't want that. I really don't want that. I'm. I will change every last thing about it. This was like March 2013, and then May 2013. I literally, you know, Rachel and I were. She knew, like, she, first of all, she knew what was going on. There was no way in Hades or heaven that I could fix what I've done that she knew but couldn't prove. Once you break a glass, it's never going to be a glass again. Like it's got too many right. chips. And I told her that Ben told her, like, look. You're never, it's never going to be what it was. And I'm sorry. I know I ruined that. So literally one day while she's at work, I packed up all my stuff and left. Didn't do the, oh, please stay. Oh, don't go. Nah, I knew it was like, look, this is it. It's got to be done for her and for me. Packed up my stuff, left, told Vicky all that. And then slowly but surely, brick by brick, built that foundation. This was 2013. By the grace of God, now it's 
November 2022. And that is how I reconnected with my wife, bro. Man, <laughs> that that's that. <laughs> It, it, usually when people get hacked, it's like, it's not a good story. Right? <laughs> it's like the first happy ending hack ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. But that's cool, man. Cause she was looking out for you. Like when nobody else was almost literally like nobody else was like, yo man, Hey, somebody hacked your account. Like you better check that out. She was like, yo, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. She knows she's here's the crazy part is uh you know we talk about a man's job and one of those things is to protect right mm -hmm. but when you have the right woman she protects you too yeah you know what i mean like when it's the right one because because you, you can be with a lot of you know really good women and they'll just let you they'll, let, they'll leave you to the wolves you know what i mean like go out there and fix it you know but 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 a real one like the that real good woman will be like all right what we finna do she she tying her hair up like <laughs> what's going on taking the mirrors out like what yep. we got to do right now um and i think i think that's 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 like a super that's really cool man so you you guys been together for 9 years now been together for 9 years we got married in july 7 2017 so married for 5 together the last 9 i've known her the last 15 years that's dope that's dope that's dope that's cool man so let me let me ask you something i'm gonna go back a little bit yeah a little bit just a little bit because you you mentioned um you know not not having a, a father when you were as you're coming up um and you know you obviously you start kind of spending less time at your dad's house did you did you have another father figure around like it's it just it was like an uncle a cousin or nobody nothing <clears throat> there was the there was the big homies that when i used to live in toledo of course you know there was brothers next door and they that that's also where i saw it from they always be out on the block you know they were i didn't know what they did i was too young but i know that like anytime i'm home you home and anytime there's trouble like y'all gone for a minute and then like things happen and then y'all come back so there was the big homies like next door and stuff so one you know yeah since since i was living with mom anytime i got in trouble she's like all right she would send me over there he's acting up handle it so then of course okay. the homies be like all right little 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 ninja little ninja what you want to do you want you want you want to hit these push-ups or you want to take it to the chest and <clears throat> i was feeling real big and bold one day and i'm like what's up what you got bow real <laughs> <laughs> so I got to the chest one time, and then ever since then, after that, it was I'll take the 50 push ups and the 50 sit ups. Like, nope, I was not. <laughs> it's a one time. So it was them, but then when we moved, it's just me and mom again. And you know, your belt doesn't hurt, your brush doesn't hurt, your shoe doesn't hurt. Like, all yeah, right, cool, I'm in yeah. trouble again. So what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's interesting because uh, I was talking to somebody the other day. And uh, it was a, I was talking to somebody on social media, and so you know how that is. It's, it's social media is an interesting world, anyway. But um, in the comment section, uh, single mom raising her son, and you know I wear both hats. I got to do both things, and you know I raised a really good son. And I don't doubt that. Like I, I, I told her, you know what you've done is is nothing short of amazing, right? Being able to play both positions, but. But uh, I do think there's something there that you missed. You may not notice it. Your son may not notice it yet, right? But there's something there. No matter how good of a job you did as a mom, you're still mom and not dad, mm -hmm. right? You're still, you still have, you know, feminine energy 
and masculine energy it's just different right it's just different there 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 has to be or there needs to be somewhere in there where that's kind of mixed in right and sometimes sometimes as as young men as kids we 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 seek it out like we have a favorite coach or we got a favorite uncle or that guy in the neighborhood like the cool cool older dude that we hang out with and you're like man why are you always hanging with that old dude I'm like hey, he's just kind of cool you know mm-hmm. um and those those people exist but i think a lot of times single moms take pride in being the only one mm-hmm. like they get they get put in a position where they are the only one and then they stand up to it right and they they're knocking it out and then they're like well shit i'm the only one now like you know what i mean yep. then they start wearing it like a badge of honor when the reality is, it's like you still, son or daughter, you still have to have a male presence um, for your child, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's just, there's no way around it. And you may not need it while you're raising them, but they find it eventually. Like men grow up and get mentors or men, mm-hmm. men uh, you know, maybe some guys will turn to religion, right? And they use use God as their father or, mm-hmm. or some guys, will, you know, they lean on sports and sports teaches them the lessons that a father might've taught them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, I think we don't look at it that way. We're always talking about fathering being biological, but fathering is not always biological, right? Right. You can be fathered a lot. You can have a really great dad, like a fantastic dad, but that coach might teach you a, a, the same lesson in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you might watch a TV show and a TV dad might have one of those moments with a kid and you're like, dang, that was good. Right. Like I think about uh, the, the, the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode yep. where his dad came back. Right. And that's one of those really iconic episodes. And I think the reason it resonates so well with so many people and like, it's such a memorable thing is because, Everybody can relate to that need for your father, whether yep. you have him or not. Yep. Right. If you have him, you you appreciate him. Hopefully, um, but you even if he's not a good father or a present father, you you understand the importance that man plays in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I don't think that's I don't think that's a scene that'll ever go. I don't care how many people Will Smith slap. Uh, that, <laughs> that scene is not going anywhere. Matter of fact, I just seen it a couple of days ago on TikTok. I was scrolling. It was, uh, it wasn't the, the one where he's like, why didn't he ever, why don't he want me? But it was the one where he's talking to Carlton in the kitchen about you, you got everything. Uh, and then Carlton told him he's just like his dad. And I'm like, dang, that stings. Carlton was cold piece right there. Yeah. But that might be Will's best acting, right? That, that, and it's like that's that episode. And then I am legend, like right under maybe Ali somewhere in there, right? That's, that's probably his best work. Um, but it's, it's, it resonates because fatherhood is just so important, man. We play such an important role. Um, so speaking on that, right? Like you are, you guys are, are, are you know, uh, kind of, kind of getting deep into your, in your marriage, right? Are we, we're planning, uh, planning to be a father soon. How's that going? Absolutely. And before we keep going, the conversation we, you just had about Carlton being a cold piece, I had the conversation with Carlton himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alfonso's the man. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's a cool dude. Club too. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's a solid dude. So, <clears throat> answer your question, 2020 was supposed to be a year. Obviously, 2020 happened. Right. Um, we, we ended up having to move back in with... Uh, uh, her parents because they didn't get any type of financial, you know, they didn't get any, they didn't get any funding. They didn't get any loans. They didn't get any unemployment, none of that. So we were like, you know, we're not about to pay the mortgage and their mortgage. So moved back in that happened last year, last year we tried and unfortunately just didn't happen. So 
that was, you know, God said not yet. So cool, you know. Back to the drawing board. I guess we'll try some more. Like, you know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It, it 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 took a toll on us both emotionally. Like, I if she watches this, she'll know this will be the first time she's ever heard me say say somebody. But I was I was calm about it. Of course, you know, being the being the provider and protector, like you hurt, you crying, cool. Put it all on me. So I just absorbed, didn't 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 break a tear in front of her, none of that. <clears throat> but yeah, it it just, just didn't work out. So yes, family, I do want kids. I want twin boys, one shot, get it over with. That'd be perfect. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, wishful thinking. But um, I know I'm a beat. I've been telling her like, look, if I get a if I get a girl, like, I'm be soft. I don't want that. <laughs> I do want that, but I, I, you know, it's like, yeah, when she start getting lippy, it's like I'm gonna have to just, uh, I'm gonna have to sit on my hands or something. Cause, yeah, yeah. yeah with, with the sun, like, huh? With, with, bah, real quick, just right there in the solar plexus, <laughs> real quick. Bro, you gotta let him ask you questions, man. You gotta let him say why, like, don't cave it. Like don't cave his chest like, in. I'm gonna let them be how I was. Like if you're asking sincere question of why, cool, I will answer your question. But if you want to start getting mouthy, oh, all right, come here. Let me. What you say one time? Come here. Beep. Right in the solar plex. <laughs> let me let me prepare you for. Uh, let me see. Is it like two, two to two to three, or two to four? That that age range. Their favorite word is why. Of course. I'm favorite word is why. I'm why? Prepared. Why? Why? <laughs> Come on, man. I just told you why. But why? Why? <laughs> those are those and, are good times. I can take that. I've been around right. a bunch. It's really cool, too, because, again, it's an opportunity for you to show them the world for the first time. And so even though those whys get really annoying, they, they're frustrating sometimes. Like, talk, I just, just yo, just go do it. Like, just, it, it's, why is it yellow? I, I don't know. God made it that way. I don't know. It's yellow because it's yellow. Um, <laughs> but but it's one thing that my dad told me uh, when my oldest was uh, was born. Um, it wasn't when she was born, but it, she was, it, my youngest hadn't been born yet. So that two-year period. Um, he told me that when she gets old enough and she starts to ask you questions, like real questions, he's like, don't send her to her mom. He was like, because that is your opportunity to teach her whatever, you know, um, he's like, sometimes you're not going to know it, but tell her what you do know about it. And then say, Hey, let's go talk to mom. Right. Like you take her to mom. He's like, cause if she asks you something and you go, well, why don't you ask your mom? She's smart enough to cut you out. Right. Cut the middleman out. I'm not gonna ask you nothing. I'm not gonna tell you nothing. I'm just gonna go to mom. And then you sitting there like a fool with all this information that you can't share. I like uh, that. Oh. So I'm gonna pass that on to you. Yep. Uh, when they get there, and that's years from now, right? But they're yep. they're even my daughter's ten, my oldest is ten, my youngest is eight. But she'll ask me stuff, and I I rather stumble through it and be like, "Yo, this, uh, I think it's because." But you know who really knows? And maybe we should both go ask her together. Let's go ask mommy. Right. Let's see what mommy thinks. Solid. Right. Solid. Because I don't I don't I want to have that relationship with her where she can come to me with anything and she doesn't. I think every kid to some degree feels like their parents know everything. Right. When you're little, like they, they're like an encyclopedia. They yep. know they're Google. Right. Like they know everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't want to I don't want to like shatter that and be like, I don't know. <laughs> right? But 
but I don't I also don't want to be like telling her the wrong information. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially as she as she's getting getting older and like, you know, the girls at school, this and it's already starting, right? Ten years old, it's already starting. Um, uh, and I never was a girl. I was never going to middle school as a girl, so I don't know what that's like. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you this and I can tell you that, and this is what I know about it. <laughs> now let's go talk to mommy. <laughs> yep. Right? Solid. So yeah. so when you are blessed with those those opportunities, man, take full advantage um because that is your time to shine. Yep. 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 All right. So so let's uh let's let's kinda let's let's shift gears a little bit. Um you, you mentioned earlier uh when you kinda intro on yourself, you talked about insurance. Um and I think, you know, as <laughs> as men, as fathers, uh as as guys who are, you know, providing and protecting and presiding uh, professing our love to our family, um, not having a plan is kind of detrimental to all of those things, right? Like that last P, that planning <clears throat> portion of it is is extremely important. If you say you want to protect, if you say you want to provide, if you say, uh, you know, you, you want to uh, really do anything for your family, you have to have a plan for the future. Um, what advice can you give uh, a guy, maybe, maybe, like in your situation, a young man who's who's just getting his family started or on the cusp of getting his family started. Um, let, let's start there. And then I'll ask you about maybe older guys who haven't yet done any of these things yet. <clears throat> well, first and foremost, of course, join my uh, agency so that we can just teach you from, you know, hands on. But uh, of course, that's not going to happen for everybody. But <clears throat> for anybody wanting to learn financial literacy and not just hear the fancy term all the time. You literally got, you literally got to pick up books and these, I keep these books with me too. So this, this book right here was like the starting point of me, like truly understanding it's money, wealth, life insurance, and how the wealthy use life insurance as tax-free personal bank to supercharge their savings. This book was like the starting point of like, understanding it's like oh okay so i personally got my own life insurance policy at 20 what is it so it's about to be 28 around 28 so that's when i just i I got a policy i knew i knew that one anything happened to me because let me back up i also had a motorcycle accident in 2016 that almost took my life so in the hospital for a week and then all of a sudden you know that i got time to read you know, life insurance, protection, estate planning, trusts and banks and compound interest. So once one, thankfully, one of my friends came to me, yo, you know, I'm in life insurance. This just happened to you. You know, let's set something up. And I was like, absolutely. Because I, I was, <clears throat> I aspire to take care of my mom and my wife. I don't want either of them working for their nine to fives anymore. So that's my number one goal besides staying alive and staying, you know, out of jail. <laughs> to do that. <clears throat> I got a life insurance policy for 600,000. On top of that, there's a specific style of permanent policy called an index universal life insurance plan, which part of my premium, my monthly payment is premium. Part of my premium goes towards the insurance portion. And the other part of the premium goes to what I like to call compound interest savings account. And that's where that personal bank to supercharge their savings, that's exactly what that means. 
So step the the foundation of protection number one, regardless of what it is, obviously you know outside of yourself, is a life insurance policy to make sure, God forbid, anything happens to you tomorrow, you know your family will inherit that death benefit. Now, if somebody has the the the, the clock of God and can tell me you know how many minutes, seconds, and hours I have left, then I'll, I'll buy that. But unfortunately, we don't have that, so nobody knows. And that's why life insurance is so necessary to make sure like I could walk out the door and that's a wrap. I could fall down the stairs and get struck by lightning, something, get in a car accident, things we just don't even think about. So the foundation, obviously, yes, number one, life insurance. Obviously, you need some type of job to support your life, your family to afford the life insurance policy also. Um, and also, yeah, let me back up. Life insurance is not as expensive as people think also. You know, people think, oh, it's only for the rich people. Like, not necessarily. There's people There's people in impoverished neighborhoods that we that I actually go to, you know, Slauson and Crenshaw. I got family down there. I, they have policies. They have policies anywhere from like 10 to $50 a month. And that's, you know, <laughs> in, in the words of one of the homies down there, oh, man, that's just like an eighth a day. We good. I can, I can trade that. And it's like, <laughs> as long as you see it, because obviously, obviously our people are not up on game on life insurance, on financial literacy. Like, you know, everybody, ever since Jay-Z been saying it, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to credit. I need to do this. I need to do that. It's like, thank you, Jay-Z, for dropping a gem that like actually stuck with people you know of course there's been others but like that was like recently like he was the he was the closest one like you know started talking about credit and everything else and i was like thank you like finally like it's hitting home to to the people like because you know they'll go spend three four five hundred five hundred dollars on you know the newest jays that dropped but instead of investing that or putting it into a life insurance plan or building your business, doing something that will generate you cash flow, buy some assets that'll get you cash flow, buy some land, buy some multifamily properties. Like, just like the goat behind me, Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. He he was buying up his neighborhood. He was buying pieces here and there. He was buying land. He was buying commercial structures. He was buying um, multifamily properties. He was buying these things that would generate cash flow and that would be an asset to his family and also in his song excuse my language rap niggas in specifically a lyric was million dollar million dollar life insurance on my flesh Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. so he knew and he dropped that and it's like all of a sudden now oh now now i also one of my big homies rest in peace was literally jumped in the same week with Nipsey. So he was sitting he was sitting two, three seats down from Nipsey's mom at the funeral. Like that's how close he was. And as soon as he said that, like everybody it just started buzzing around in the neighborhood. And I was like, sweet. Like finally it like it's 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 registering. And without you know, it's rest in peace, my big homie. But his mom doesn't have a gravestone for him yet. Like he's buried. She bought she bought the two plots, which was cool. But if some if I would have gotten to her before and told her like, hey, you know, let's get a final expense policy. And what that means is, you know, the final expense is the burial for the person. It can be anywhere from twenty to 
60 bucks a month, depending on the type of barrel you want. If I would have gotten there before, somebody else well-versed would have gotten there before, like he'd have a tombstone and the, she bought two plots side by side in the same, in the same cemetery, Inglewood Cemetery. And then like, it's in the same land where like kind of other family members are. So they at least have like a, uh, 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 what do they call it? Like, it's not the tombstone, but like, it's like the little nameplate that's on the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't have it yet. And, you know, now she's got to come out of pocket versus having a life insurance plan or at least a final expense plan, excuse me, that the insurance will be like, hey, here's your $50,000, here's your $500,000, all tax-free, like your beneficiary would just inherit that money versus mama, granny, auntie, got to make a, got to do a cookout on the corner, you know, little cousins got to do washing cars, you know, the homies got to go to the block and do whatever they got to do to raise their funds. And it's like, let's let's just think ahead. Yeah. yeah let's think yeah. ahead and prepare for that. And without the plan, you set yourself up for failure. Yeah. All right. So if I'm a, 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 a young, young man, young father, uh, got first kid, um, got my wife. So it's me, my wife and a kid. What is what? Where should I start? What do I at that point? Right. What do I need to have? How much am I, how much am I going to be paying a month? Like, can you, can you break that down a little bit for us? Yes. So it, like I said, there's plans that could be from $10 and then there's plans that are up to a hundred thousand dollars a month. And obviously that's what the super rich are doing because <laughs> they want to dump their money in there and have it grow with the tax benefits and the compound interest, things like that. But for regular citizens like you and I just starting a family, obviously first and foremost, you are the parents. You guys should have some sort of, you guys should have at least one policy. But like I said, we don't know. Nobody has the clock of God to tell us when our time is up. In my opinion, it's best to have two permanent, uh, a permanent policy for mom and dad. God forbid anything happens to one of the parents. At least the other one inherits some money to make sure that they can continue to take care of the child. Okay. <clears throat> that can be, like I said, anywhere from 10, 20, you know, I'm personally paying $300 a month, but I, the way I structured mine is a little different. Um, or I, the way I had mine structured a little differently. Mom and dad get a policy, a permanent policy. And then once the newborn is two weeks old, they can get their own permanent policy. And now the benefit of having a permanent policy is, your premium is permanent for your entire life. Okay. So it's, it's permanent like, because uh, I've heard term and whole life and it's permanent one of those or it's permanent whole life or like what, what's, what, what are we talking about there? So whole life is a type of permanent insurance. Gotcha. The one that I, whole life, whole life is permanent. So I like that part of it. But the reason why I got an indexed universal life is because my money grows at an index with compound interest. Got you. Whereas whole life doesn't have the doesn't have the supercharge the savings. It has a little bit, but the index universal has that. It'll it, my money's going to grow with compound interest. So I pay thirty six hundred a month for the last thirty six hundred a year for the last going on five years. 
Uh, so like that should be somewhere around $18,000 that I've paid in that compound interest savings account that I've been talking about. There's about, I have access to about $10,000 of that. So if okay. I need a loan, I can be my own personal bank. I can go to my life insurance policy, take that loan out of there so that I can go buy an asset. Okay. So, 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 so you put, you put 18 in, you have access to about 10. Is that, do you still so you, but you still have uh what was that? A death benefit from the, so that's separate. Yes. So you're paying your premium is covering the life insurance and the savings. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Cool. And then the savings, I'm assuming since this index is, is going off the market. So we're looking at 10 to 12% or something like that, or hoping for 7% to 12%, depending on, you know, we might have a 20% year or a negative year or something crazy. Correct. Okay. Got Correct. you. Got you. Got you. Correct. Correct. And, on and top of that, go ahead. At any, so at any, is there, is there a penalty if you, if you, so you're taking a loan from yourself, basically, is mm -hmm. there a penalty on, on doing that? Nope. Okay. Nope. And your money will grow as if you didn't even take that loan out. So let's say I did, let's say I wanted to take that $10,000 out, take mm -hmm. the $10,000 out. God forbid something happens that I pass away and never pay it back. So I have $600,000 policy. The only thing that'll happen is they'll pay out my beneficiary 590. Gotcha. So it's not like a bank where they're going to charge you 15, 30% on the interest. It's I'm borrowing my own money and the leverage is my death benefit. Man, how are they letting people get away with this? So, <laughs> so have a, so, so, okay. It, you borrowed the 10,000 from yourself. Is there, is there a term or, and like paying that, do you, you paying that back to no, no restrictions on that. If you've never paid it back, like I said, they'll take it out of your, Put it like this, a HELOC, home equity line of credit. Yeah. You take a loan out of your house. Right. And if you never pay it back, when you sell it, they put the lien on it and they still get their money. <laughs> why, why is, why, hold on. How come I'm never, I think I've heard of this before, but not a lot, right? Like once or twice and it's really been recently, right? Since people, like you said, have been talking financial literacy. Um, and I heard somebody try to explain what I think you're talking about or what you're talking about, or at least I think he was trying to explain it. And it sounded super confusing. Um, this makes it sound almost too good to be true, right? <laughs> like there's no penalty. I take the, cause it's basically my money, right? So I'm putting it, I'm paying to the premium then I'm taking money and I immediately putting it to the side. And that money is compounding, you know, uh, monthly or whatever, quarterly, um, and then if I want to take that out, I just, I hit up the insurance company, like, Hey, uh, you know, I got so-and-so I want to pull that money out. And they just like, okay, no problem. Mr. You, Richard. Are you going to pay it back? And when do you plan on paying it back? Never. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, okay. All right. But then the obviously they, we've never heard of this is because there's no financial advisors coming to you and I and our families. Right, right. Most of them, let's let's be completely transparent. Most financial advisors or life insurance agents are upper 50s, lower 60s, middle-aged white male. Right. 
Mr. Burns, let's just call it what it is. Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. It's just the evil, the evil, the evil white man that's not coming to the hood or coming to the underpoverished areas. Right. They're not all evil, but like that's most people think when they think of finances, that's the type of person they think of. And that came from that came from a client. Like, <laughs> you're not like the Mr. Burns guy. I'm like, of course I'm not. No. <laughs> they're not we're not taught these things because number one, they're not coming to us. Number two, we like tangible things. We like to touch and hold, and we don't want to give our money to somebody else. Like, I want to be able to go grab it, go access it, and I want to know I have it now. Right, right. That's a problem. Okay, all right. So now, now when I let's say I start one of those, I start one of those tomorrow. I got like, like, uh, can I put a, a large amount into it right away? Like to start, like it's to say I got twenty thousand, right? Can I put twenty thousand into the life insurance? Or like, like basically, like I'm taking it out of my savings account and I'm gonna put it into this, right? And then start letting it grow that way. You can do that. Absolutely. You hmm. can put in a million dollars up front if you want to. You can put a hundred million dollars up front if you want to. Now, there are IRS restrictions, so of course, obviously, and 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 in this book, it'll explain it to you because. The rich people, the Rockefellers, you know, uh, Walt Disney, um, you know, all, all, all the ones that got started in the early 1900s. That's what they were doing. They were getting policies worth, you know, 500 or getting policies worth $50,000. But then they were just dropping in, uh, you know, $2 million. <laughs> and then the IR, because they, one, they didn't want they didn't, they didn't want their money to get taxed. So they just dump, 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 dump another policy, another one, another one, another one, another one, another one. If there was a family member, we we're going to start one for him. We we're going to put him into the trust, blah, 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 blah. The Rockefellers were actually very smart, but they just dumping money and paying very, 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 very minimal on their policies. IRS had to come in and say, all right, cool. If you're going to dump this much money in, you have to raise that death benefit. So we're going to dump in a million. You got to be paying. I'd have to jump in because I haven't seen it. But like we're going to dump that much money in up front. You're going to have to go up to, let's say, probably like 15, 20 million. Okay. Okay. So for okay. 20,000, that's going to be around. You're going to dump 20 in immediately. Yeah. Around, around a million, 2 million. Okay. Okay. But, but. You, you get that million when you pass or your family gets that million when you pass. And then you have that 20,000 because it's just in the savings account, right? The savings account is getting you like 0.02% or something ridiculous. Right. And at least you kind of put this into, into the market, but it's, you know, it's, it's not like you know, a TD Ameritrade account. It's a little different. Yes. Um, Protected it insured. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little different. Um, and then with that, it, it's not self-directed, right? There, it, it goes into a specific index, right? And it's just whatever that index is doing is how you're doing. The insurance is going to take your money. They're going to guarantee you we're going to your money is going to grow with this amount of index minimum and maximum this amount, depending on what the year is like. You're going to take your money and in the back end, they're going to do their stocks and trading and options. Mm hmm. So, of course, they're going to take your money, make their money, make their profits and give you back what they've promised or you've been insured for. Got you. So now, here's my question. And here's here's what pe people are going to be thinking right right away. Negative. Right. No, um, you don't have access to five hundred thousand dollars right away. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, that good. too. But no, like, OK, so I put my my, my you know, I'm putting my money in. And if it's following the stock market and we have a year like 2020 where the, the stock market 
plummets, right? Does my 20,000 now go to 10,000? Absolutely not. Okay. So I, I can't lose in this situation. My 20,000 is still 20,000. It just may not grow as much during that time frame. Whatever, gotcha. the, whatever the insurance contract states. So if they, they're if they guarantee you 8% growth or 5% growth minimum, or it can be 2%, like, Hey, we guarantee you 2%, but we also are going to cap you at 14% growth. So if 2020 happens still, we got to guarantee you 2% growth. And if that has to come out of our pocket, that's where it's going to come from. Okay. Now the insurance company doesn't want to pay you any of their money. So they're going to take the money and make sure they double, triple, whatever they do on the back end and make sure they deliver to the client. I like this, man. I like this. This is this this is information that we need, right? This is this is something, especially if you're a young guy, right? Yeah. Starting starting off, because compounding interest, the younger you start, the better, right? Absolutely. And the cheaper uh, it is on your policy. Yeah, yeah, because you ain't as old as me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But okay, so now for for an older older guy, right? Like uh, you know, I, I'm 39, about to be 40. Uh, wife, two kids. Um, still still kind of uh suggest the same going the same route absolutely also let me back up let me back up let me back up the way the way myself and my company does it is we do a financial analysis of what you have going on so we see we see uh how much debt you have what your income is what your mortgage is and what um, amount you want to set aside for educational purposes for your children Okay. So we put all those in the factor. And then we also analyze your savings. If you do potentially have any life insurance policies in place, anything like that. So we review everything before we even give you a recommendation. But me personally, I personally would want, if I got started now, I still would want something permanent with gotcha. interest. I want to put my money somewhere where I know it's going to be put, be, be put to work for me, grow with that compound interest. And that way I also have something that's permanent for life. Now, the, 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 the great debate, you know, the chicken and the egg is what's better term or whole life or permanent. What's better term or permanent term or permanent term is term has great, great things about it. I'm not going to deny that. Like, but it, it only lasts for a term. Like the presidency is only a four year term. So right. it lasts for a certain term, 10, 20, 30 years. After that 30 years, let's say, let's say you got it now. So you're 39. It ends when you're 69. If you try to get reinsured at 70, one, you're older, two, you're probably not as healthy. So it's going to be extremely expensive. And when you're 70, you should be retired. So that means you either have to go back to work or go to a job that offers life insurance. And then that's another tricky situation too, because when when people have life insurance policies through their job, their job is the one that owns it. So mm. think of this. When you, when, you, when you have benefits at your job and they give you health insurance, when you leave that job, you can't take that health insurance with you. Right. Same thing with the life insurance. Nine times out of ten, it's, it's different. for Some companies do let you keep it. Nine times out of ten, you leave that job, you're uninsured. I was going to say, yeah, because some people would be like, yo, my, my job, you know, I got life insurance through my job, uh, so I don't need to 
and that may have been cool when, you know, you worked at the post office for 40 years and then, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. retire and you got your social security, been, you know what I mean? In, in a different time, I get it. But as much as people, as much turnover as there is in the world today, if I can't take the life insurance policy with me when I leave, then it's not real. I mean, it's a benefit. It's extra. So if something happened to me while I still work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, God, God willing, it doesn't. <laughs> and I live to be a thousand years old. Uh, you know what I mean? But, but uh, I, I like this. I like this because, because now that, now that people are starting to hear more, I don't know. I don't want to say people are waking up or, 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 you know, cause we hear a lot of things, but we don't take action. Um, but now that this is, is, is available to us uh, and now we're aware of it. Um, I think we got to spread the word as much as we can, right? Like just, just trying to, because I think in the, in our community, uh, let's, let's just be honest. Financial literacy is not at the top, right? Um, our parents is just like what I talked about earlier with dads just being the way that they are because they had parents that way that they were, we was just getting by. Mm-hmm. Like I lived a better life than my dad lived in terms of poverty and being poor and it wasn't great when I was young and he lived better than his dad you know what I mean like we're gradually but we're behind the eight ball let's just be completely honest like we are not on par with everyone else and Mm -hmm. things like this are just now being being you know talked about like first Mm -hmm. time like I said I think I've heard of this before but not completely right I got life insurance policies and I just was like we had a, a financial planner right before my daughter uh, was born and we set up a bunch of different things, but I was 29. I was like, is this, this is right. Oh, okay. All right. This will <laughs> <just laughs> yep. sign it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I can't even argue with you or ask. I don't even know questions to ask you, sir. Like, okay. Or you say this is right. Right. Okay. All right. And just signed up for stuff. And so now I got to go look at what we got. Cause I just been paying, you know, just paying into it. Cause I know something's going to happen. Or something happens, I want to make sure that my wife is taken care of, make sure my kids are taken care of. But if there's a better way, mm-hmm. right? Because now we're talking about 12 years, 10, 12 years, we've been just putting money into an account. Where we could have, if it's not one of these, we could have been like accruing uh, compounding interest over all this time. Mm-hmm. We, we got we to gotta do better. We've got to do Not better. Brett, because that's one one of the beautiful things of why I joined my certain company, which is PHP Agency. Stands for People Helping People. We don't charge any of our clients. We oh, wow. Charge, we have not charged in the last 14 years. We have not charged one penny, one dime, one dollar to any of our clients. Also, none of our clients have lost one penny, one dime, one dollar in the last 14 years. So if they want to do, if they want a high risk, high reward, you know, go to the stock market, go do something else. But what we offer low risk with reward. And we also do reviews of people's um, packets, uh, financial planning, whatever that is. So we can set that up, man. I can put you, I can connect you with, I like to connect people with the same age. Cause you guys have, uh, uh, you guys have more experience. You have more experience in life than me. I like to connect people with same age same certain backgrounds so somebody with uh you know wife two kids some kids at least um preferably black so that hey we all work together but it doesn't matter like well if you there's a few people in mind that i know you match well with right now and i would literally just hey you know if 
you're okay with this, I'll have him reach out to you. You guys can set something up. Boom, go from there. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm, you know, obviously, just as much as is, you know, like I said, this planning part of it is a part of fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, and I say this all the time, fatherhood is is an infinite game. It's a never ending journey. Uh, even after you pass, you're still going to be someone's father. Um, you know, my grandfather is my father's father. And it's like my, you know, my dad says my, he says my dad, you know what I mean? Like there's yep. always going to be a reference to you and you echo through time. Um, and if you want to plan and, and be like the Rockefellers and these, these people that just continue to pass things down, uh, from generation to generation, we talk about leaving a legacy. Uh, this is one of the ways to do it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely interested. So I'm gonna have to for sure get with you, um, after the podcast and, and let's, let's see what we can put together, um, to, you know, continue to create, uh, more legacy, right? More, Absolutely. more life as Drake would say. <laughs> Absolutely. And to give you one last gem before we dip out of here, the Rockefellers, the reason why they are the Rockefellers, obviously they got started, you know, almost a hundred and 50, 60 years ago, <clears throat> they, they have a trust. There's a, there's the, the original trust that owns everything that's to come. So this trust is hundred, hundreds of years old, 150 years old. One of the requirements inside that trust is anybody born in the family has to get a life insurance policy and the Rockefeller trust owns the life insurance policy. So when that person dies, the trust gets re, 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 uh, it gets more money and they just go and go and go and go. And then, you know, there's a litter of 15 kids from one family. And now you got three, four, five uh, brothers in the family passing on the Rockefeller name with a litter of kids. And it's just policy, 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 policy. And it just goes back into the trust. That is how they did it. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. Yeah, we got a trust too. Uh, same guy. I, and I, like I said, I felt like he, you know, he was he shot straight with us. He helped us out. Um, but I definitely want to make sure that everything is set up uh, to, like I said, leave a legacy uh, for my family, for my 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 uh, my branch of the tree, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Make sure that we we bear fruit um, as, as much as we can. So. Um, before we wrap up, though, I do have a couple questions for you, and uh, this has been a good episode, man. I'm, I'm excited to, to talk to you, and I definitely got to have you on here again to talk more about about all the kinds of insurance, right? Because it's not just life insurance; it's health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're kind of in a little bit of everything, so I definitely want to get into some of that with you too. But being mindful of your time, um, you know, we talked about fatherhood, and this is a fatherhood podcast. Um, you are a soon to be father. Um, I'm putting that out there, uh, putting, yeah. putting the energy out there, soon to be father. Um, what does fatherhood mean to you? <sighs> While you mean... think about that, I'm going to say, hold on, this is, this is interesting because I typically ask this question and it is to someone who was already a father. Um, so I'm really interested to hear what you say on this side of it, right? Before you, before you step into the journey, I'm I'm really interested to hear what you got. It means to me, it means being that football coach who's super stern and will hold you accountable, but at the same time loves you and wants the best for you in all times and anything that you want to do in life. Um, 
being being always being there, never missing. You know, my my coaches never missed a practice. You know, if I had any questions inside the game of football, outside the game of football, I got an answer. I got the truth. I got I got I I received constructive criticism. It was it, it was the yin and the yang being 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 solid, but also being soft enough to let them know that we do love you and it's not just i'm the hard i'm the hard head i'm the i'm the i'm the i'm the king kong like i'm the beast you 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 gonna do what i say like you know what i mean like yes that 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 is necessary for fatherhood but you also have to outsmart your children to have them maneuver how you want to how you feel is best I like that. I like that. And I, I mean, look, man, father, fatherhood and parenting is like coaching, right? Like there's, I, I always say that there's the business of fatherhood, right? Because you are like the CEO of your family. And so a lot of those business principles apply to, to the family life and family structure. Leadership, right? It's like fatherhood. It's like parenting because you're a leader, like you would be a leader in the organization. Coaching, similar concept, right? You have a group of, of young men or young women that you're responsible for teaching, grooming, uh, holding accountable, uh, you know, watching them grow, helping them grow. Um, you know, you have a unified goal, right? Whether you're a coach or a player, your goal is the same and you're trying to get them on the same track as you. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely, definitely, uh, that's definitely fatherhood, man. Um, all right. Here's the second question. It's, it's kind of a two part question. Um, let's say let's say you are. Uh, you are. Let's say, we, OK, let's go to this because I because we, we you know, we kind of connected on Instagram and I've seen some of your some of your content and you're uh, say you're, you're creating a, a piece of content a video. Say you're shooting a video for your Instagram and. Um, is directed at fathers, right? What do you want them to know? <clears throat> I want them to know, I want them to know that it's okay to make mistakes because in order, in order to, in order to grow, in order to build trust, you and and my favorite word is accountability. Like I love it. I love people that hold it to me because I'm gonna hold you. You you want to be this cool? We gonna hold you to this accountability. So I love it when men can just without making excuses. Yo, that that's my mistake. That's my bad. It won't happen again. I want them to know it's okay for them to make mistakes because then it would it will literally compound that trust that the child has for the father. Like, hey, yo, yeah, that was me. That was my bad. Not going to happen again. We'll fix it. We'll get better. By doing that, that sets a tone for your child. Like, hey, like, pops, mom, like, I did that. That's my bad. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen again. I like that. I like that. Um, second part, kind of similar situation. Um, but I'm going to try to try to flip it a little bit. Let's say you, uh, you're creating a trust, right? Mm -hmm. Um, in that trust, you've got instructions, um, but you were smart about how you wrote it because you put a message in there and that message is for your children. Uh, what do you want them to know? 
you cannot be lazy. You ain't getting nothing. <laughs> uh, you're not about to be a trust fund, baby. You about to earn your stripes. You're going to build a business. You're going to do something um, in that trust. Obviously, number one, first and foremost, accountability, integrity, honesty. Admit your mistakes. Well, that's part of accountability. Accountability, integrity, honesty. Don't be hooked on drugs. I mean, obviously, we all got to experiment and figure out why. We don't mean we don't have to, but we have to figure out. They'll figure out why I set this this way. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a felon, it's going to be hard to get back in. No, 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 no. I'll take that out. If you're a felon, you're going to have to rebuild the trust. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to rebuild your integrity within the trust, within the family trust. Not to saying that I'm like, I'm kicking felons out because, yeah, my uncles and then, like, I got family with felons in there. But if you knowingly, willingly do something wrong that you know, you know is going to reap these consequences, cool. You, you, in a, you in a different sector now. Like, you, you will, you'll still be, you'll, you're still the family. You still got the family name. You'll still be a part of us. We still don't love you, but you're going to have to work twice as hard to get back to break even. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, before family, before family, an important thing to me is freedom. So if you lose your freedom, you can't have your family. Faith in God, faith, freedom, family, finances, faith, freedom, family, fitness, finances. And I like to say fun or firearms because you need to protect yourself. (laughs) All right, man. So they, they definitely got a, a a manifesto of things that they need to, to to make sure that they are practicing, living up to, living by. Got like a code of ethics, um, and that's that's important, man. It's just guiding guiding principles, right? Uh, yes. To to grow by, to live by, and to to prosper with, right? So that's dope, man. Um, look, I'm, I'm super, super grateful for you being on the podcast, for coming by and, 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 you know, spending some time with us, um, hour and a half, man, we really got into it. Right. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. yep, yep, yep. uh, so thank you, man. Like you really, really took the time out of your day to, to share with us. And, and it, it's, uh-huh. it's super important. I know somebody out there is going to hear this episode and, uh, if they don't take, you know, uh, just something from your from your own journey in life, uh, at least they gonna get their finances together. Um, so I appreciate that, man, because like I said, the podcast is, is, is twofold. One, obviously you want to share with other men because I don't think men do that enough, right? We don't get into groups and circles and we don't sit around and talk about things other than basketball, football, baseball, right? We talk about sports, we talk about nagging wives, but we don't talk about how to be a better (laughs) father, how to be yep. a better man, how to be a better husband. Um, and so this, this podcast is to serve that purpose. And then secondarily, selfishly for myself, I get to learn stuff like I did today. And then I get to get myself in order uh, so that I can be a better father to my children, be a better husband to my wife, be a better brother, be a better man in the community. Um, so thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Now, if, if guys are looking to, to uh, reach out to you, to get in touch with you, uh, what would be the best way to do that? 
Uh, definitely, uh, you know, at I protect money on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I mean, my my uh, on there. Just message me. We can go from there. Um, I also I also have two pages. So I have a uh, a water business that is uh, revolving around Congen water, which is good for health reasons and like you know the, the to to take care to take care of other people. You have to take care of yourself first, and we overlook water. So at Kong and Kong, K-A-N-G-E-N-K-O-N-G, Kong and Kong is two ways you can get a hold of me. I'm still working on a Facebook page. I've never had one because I, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, you know, I'm just you like, no, nope, never going to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, Twitter, Twitter, at I Protect Money, Facebook, or Instagram, at I Protect Money, spelled just how it is, I-P-R-O-T-E-C-T-M-O-N-E-Y, Twitter, Instagram, working on a website still, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, I respond quick. I mean, obviously if I'm available, I will definitely reach out. Helping people is the first thing that I've been doing since my whole life and joining people, helping people just added to my repertoire. So anytime reach out, please. All right, man. I, uh, I definitely will be checking in with you. Um, I know we had some other things we talked about and, and maybe we can make those come true. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to, to see where things go. I'm excited to see you grow and your family grow and, and business wise grow. Um, but thanks again, brother. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. And yes, my man, we will, I will be back. I love this. <laughs> All right. Peace brother. You just tuned into another episode of the Forfeit Fatherhood podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you once again for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at You Can Call Me Coach on Instagram. Also follow the podcast at Forfeit Fatherhood, the number four and the letter U on You Can Call Me Coach. Uh, go ahead and flip over to the next episode, man. I know you love this one, so you'll probably love the next one. Excited for you guys to hear it. 